Blog Talk Radio. Dear Heavenly Father, 
Father God, we praise you and we thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence, to give you praise, to just worship you and thank you for the days that we're in right now. Father, the the, the darkness and the things that we, we see happening around us, even though depending on your viewpoint, it, it appears a little bit like a lull uh, by comparison to some of the darker times that we have not completely emerged from. Um, Father, we also see that there's not really any kind of a discontinuance or, or end to the rumblings of, of imminent war and um, you know just all kinds of evil and false flag uh, accusations and just incredible darkness, you know, claims by Bill Gates that there's going to be another pandemic. And of course, who would know better than that? Father, we just praise your name and we thank you for the days that we are in right now. And we pray that you will pour out your anointing upon each of us. Touch us with your spirit of peace, with your righteousness. Help us to draw in closer to you in all regards in our walk. We praise you for any refiner's fire. We praise you for re, uh, lifting up before us uh, any understanding that is required for us to walk in a closer and uh, you know, just a more uh, intimate walk with you in your presence on a daily basis. Help us, Father, we pray. Teach us in the name of Jesus that we should understand and desire, be hungry for, and be afforded the time that is necessary for us to reside in that secret place of the Most High. For we see the darkness encroaching upon us, even though some scenarios of our analysis of the things that are happening today uh, potentially have, have these things dragging on for a number of years yet um, we we need this time uh, and we praise you for this time uh, to be able to mature in our walk to be more anointed than we are now to be more filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit because we need that in order to be able to endure the emotional swings that might occur as we uh, progress deeper into the days of Psalm 91. Um, I know that I just praise your name and I just thank you, Father, for everything, every, everything about you. You know, it, it, it is so hard for those of us who are awake to the dynamics that are occurring across the world, for those of us who are sensitive to the evil that can see the manifestation of the darkness more clearly perhaps than some of our other brothers and sisters, but nevertheless not thinking of ourselves more highly than them. And Father, it is it is kind of a double-edged sword. It is certainly a, a bit of a burden to uh, be uh, able to see and discern the darkness and the things that are happening and also to be sensitive to the early warnings that are being made manifest of of future events that uh, are even more impactful and horrific uh, than uh, the things that we have gone through in the last couple of years. Father, we also praise you for helping us to understand that the things that the uh, that we are not living in the same days that we were two years ago. That this series of events that have happened since you allowed. Uh, Satan to, uh, you know, you took your hand of protection off of the world and you allowed the greatest global judgment on the earth that has happened since Noah's flood to occur in the last couple of years. And we realize as we seem to be emerging from 
slightly from that, uh, the the uh, the magnitude of the impact or the peak of the impact of the event. Certainly not by any stretch of the imagination over with it yet because of the ongoing. Um, expectation of immuno disorders and, and other sicknesses arising in the population across the world that has been subject to the attack of the bioweapons. But Father, also recognizing that there are new and emerging whistleblower uh, warnings that are coming from a myriad of different sources across the world, different nationalities on different programs, and we recognize that while not all of them may necessarily come true and that your hand is clearly in control of all of these situations, which we praise you for, we also recognize that it is highly likely, given the the end times timeline progress that has clearly been made, uh, that some of these events are probably going to come true. We just don't know when. And Father, uh, you know, we pray in Jesus' name that you will continue to lift us up, lift up our hearts. You know, the scripture says in Psalm 30, verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Father, as King David prayed in Psalm 51, you know, re- restore to us the joy of our salvation. Help us, Father, for in a special way we ask and we pray and teach us, Father God, to uh, renew our minds regularly, to, to be on our knees in prayer where, whenever we possibly can, to set aside extra time to have more strength uh, in our bodies. We pray for an outpouring, Lord Jesus, of your blood into every cell of our bodies to strengthen it. Uh, uh, so that we are uh, have the extra energy that is necessary, that we awaken refreshed, that that we are um, able to get up at an earlier hour and spend more intimate time with you, having the conversations that are necessary to be in that state of intimacy that puts you, Lord Jesus, as our first love. Let it and also helps us to transcend the natural fleshy emotions that might come along with our understanding. Of the darkness that we see happening across the world, uh, those you know, some of us maybe are less susceptible to these mood swings, but others of us may be very highly sensitive to the um, news that is. Um, for lack of a term, bubbling up across the world right now. And we give you all the praise for it, Father. We just ask you for a an anointing, a strength, a focus, a discipleship discipline in our walks, in our lives, in our prayer lives, in our desire for obedience and 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 and, and stability, Father God, in our hearts that keeps us from being a part of those mood swings, so much so that it can affect us in a negative manner. Help us, Father God, also to realize through a spirit of discernment and a touch of, an, of your anointing uh, to understand that the people that we are surrounded by, the people that we go, that we're walking beside in the store, the people that are, uh, you know, around us, the people that are, that we may be working with, um, uh, you know, our coworkers, um, our neighbors, that the times are different now, uh, that the attitudes, the belief systems, uh, because of the global satanic crime syndicate and the lies of Satan that have been allowed to permeate all aspects of our existence, unless we shut ourselves off, lock the door, and turn the lights off and spend time with you. We're surrounded and we're peppered. We're constantly 
hammered with um, disinformation, lies, um, narratives that have been made up by the darkness. Uh, nothing aligns up, not even the belief systems, nor do the prophecies of the evangelical Christian church across the United States. While tidbits of them may be true, we're n it's also very obvious to us that many of them are not true. And uh, many of the accounts of those who say that they're being taken in front of Jesus or uh, have been taken to hell and heaven um, well aren't panning out to be true that there are conflicts uh, even in those testimonies at, that are hard to explain and um, certainly are do seem to indicate that um, many of them may have been taken to uh, um, another dimension where Satan has created fake heavens and, and fake hells and deceived some of your followers, Father, uh, in, in a manner that would ultimately lead others to um, beliefs that perhaps are not ideal and could potentially affect their effectiveness in their prayer lives and the things that they believe in, the, in their perception of where we are in the end times, which, of course, we don't know exactly where we are, but we know that we are in the season. We, we believe strongly, especially because of the things that have happened in the last couple of years, that we have entered into a time, certainly in alignment with the blood moon, the biblic, biblical blood moon tetrad with the super blood moon of uh, September 15th of, uh, I'm sorry, September, I think it was 28th of 2015 followed by the impossible uh, 434 pattern that ended in January of 2019. Father, we, 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 and then how amazing is it that at the end of the 343 impossible, mathematically absolutely impossible uh, blood moon uh, um, pattern that occurred and, and again ended in January of 2019, almost immediately thereafter, because of your taking your hand of protection off of the earth and allowing such a huge global judgment to occur, uh, Father, we there's no doubt in many of our minds that we have progressed to a whole nother level, uh, not knowing how long we still have left, and not and certainly not wanting to be presumptuous in any manner, having hopefully learned our lesson uh, that when we follow a timeline that is handed over by people who claim to have the gift of prophecy, that quite frankly they're just simply not hearing very well, or they're just you know being deceived by the seducing spirits. But we pray that we will be further protected from those seducing spirits. We pray that our not only do you help us to stabilize our uh, any of the mood swings that might be associated with the revealing of the darkness that is about to come upon us, as it is. Uh, the warnings of certain doctors that have strong connections and insider information and you know coming from inside China um, uh, and information that has been historically correct, which adds layers of credibility to the claims that we are that that it is potentially imminent that a hemorrhagic like fever event is about to be released upon the world and blamed on the United States, uh, which is fine uh, because we're not from here. We're sojourners, and we praise you for that, and we thank you for that our citizenship is in heaven. Ephesians, uh, Philippians 3.20, praise your name. Uh, but at the same time, Father, if if the reports that are coming from these particularly credible sources 
are true, of course, without knowing exactly when the timeline may be or whether or not it has been the plans of the darkness have been delayed or altered in any way. Uh, if you know, we know that Sarah Manet, God bless her sweetheart, and we haven't talked to her personally in quite some time, but we have documented all of the things and, and her testimony from the radio shows you blessed us with her being on, and she had even seen a hemorrhagic fever release across the world that resulted in people dying within 24 hours. Um, absolutely horrific things that are on the horizon, things that are in some fashion or another queued up for some point in the future uh, with us having absolutely no understanding of what order that they may happen, knowing that quite frequently um, people who receive vivid prophecies, dreams, and visions of uh, apocalyptic events, but especially those that see dozens and dozens of events stretched over a long period of time, are often admittedly, admittedly disoriented. They're not able to understand, you know, for sure which comes first, which comes second. And we pray that we will continue to be sensitive, maintain, it, whether it be in our memory or on paper or electronically or however we so decide, that we will continue to watch as we were commanded by you, Lord Jesus, to watch ye therefore for the days that we are in right now, to watch for your coming, to watch and know that we are in the season, that that fig tree and those leaves are turning green, uh, you know, and that, and that, you know, there's no doubt that now is the time, if, if as, you know, as it has been truly from our birth, really, but now especially is the time that we need to be drawing in ever more close to you and developing uh, that sense of peace and, and deep, deep, deep trust in you in all aspects of our lives and to remember to give you praise, never to stop praying, always to continue to ask, always continue to, to uh, you know, keep on seeking, keep on asking, keep on reverently knocking, and knowing that these things, you know, an answer will come to us. It may not be the answer that we're expecting, and it may not come when we, ex when we expect it to come, but to remember to give you praise, to praise you, Jesus, to thank you for Mark 11:23, where you outright promise us that our prayers will be answered, uh, that we will receive them. We may not receive them, the answers to those prayers, in our lifetime here on this earth. Uh, we know that you are not a man that you would lie, but we will remember. We will continuously praise you and lift you up. We will keep in the forefront of our mind, and we pray for help in this matter, Father, because our flesh sometimes overcomes us, and we, um, we may have a tendency at sometimes to become discouraged or frustrated, and we don't want to, to, to limit you in our lives in any way. And we pray that you'll anoint us with um, uh, a, uh, just an overwhelming desire to praise you, knowing that you, Father, inhabit the praise and the prayers of your people. And we pray in the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Father, for everything. We praise you, Lord Jesus, for answering all of our prayers. We have no doubt that at some point those prayers will, in fact, be answered. Uh, and um, uh, even if the answer might be no, and, um, and we just glorify in the times that we are in right now. We, we ask you, Father, to strengthen us, to draw us in closer, to give us. When I say strengthen, Father, I am praying on behalf of every single 
listener in the radio show, every single person that is participating in these prayers tonight or listening to a podcast and participating after the fact, I am praying, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will strengthen us not only emotionally but also physically because the stress that comes upon many of us due to the dark days that we are in right now and the revelation of more darker times coming imminently, uh, that stress takes a toll on each of us. And that stress, uh, whether no matter where the source is, when it's combined with other stressors uh, from our work, from our daily life, from attacks from the devil, from even refiner's fire events that are associated with you bringing us to a new place in our walk. Father, we pray that you will strengthen us in all those regards. We need to be strengthened mentally. We need to be strengthened physically. We need to be strengthened in our emotional um, uh, steadiness um, that we are nepho, the Greek word being nepho. And we praise you, Father, uh, that we would be blessed and anointed and and have your anointing fall upon us and, and, and that you would take Teach us to be where we need to be. Teach us where we have weaknesses in our in our attributes, uh, and 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 help us to praise you and thank you for the answers to these prayers as we recognize those weaknesses and pray for your assistance and help, knowing that you will eventually answer. Believing with all of our heart, as busy as the throne room has got to be right now, in the light of the things that are happening on a global level. We know and believe with all of our heart that you will answer our prayers, not just entertain our our petition, but you will incline your ear to us and that you will respond, as Daniel said in Daniel 9, uh, chapter, uh, verse 25, that you will uh, not delay. Let not our prayers be hindered by any behavioral attributes, by any of our thinking in our heart, by uh, any uh, doubts that may enter in. We rebuke all doubts. We cast them into the pit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Lord Jesus, we ask you as our advocate, our Savior, and as our God, our Father, and you know, John ten thirty. I am the Father, are one. We praise you, and we thank you, and we pray, and we we praise you for the answers to the prayers that we will continue to hand, lift up before thee, and in also prayers that we may have been praying for years and are looking for answers and recognize, thank you, Jesus, that we simply may not even be on the earth at all when those prayers are answered. Uh, And they could be answered depending on the nature of those prayers, again, at some point in our eternity in your presence. Praise your name. We thank you for all of these things. We praise you for for helping us to be able to see the the things that are coming uh, to help us to prepare, but to prepare spiritually more than anything else, knowing that there will come a time when uh, those Christians and our fellow brothers and sisters who do not understand the importance of the power in the name of Jesus, that don't really truly believe in their heart, in miracles, that don't understand that you will put food on our tables miraculously when there is no food to be had, that you will put glory light in our homes when there is no power in the power grid, that you will cause miracles to happen in each of our lives that will draw more and more of the unbelievers and the troubled of heart and those who do not know you to 
our presence that we might be able to lead even through demonstration of your power as the Apostle Paul um, he held up before the Church of Corinth and, and, and admonished them and explained to them that it is by the showing of the power uh, of your name, Lord Jesus, that is the quintessential uh, um, uh, perfect example, the, the quintessential perfect example of the, of the uh, word and the behaviors and the admonitions uh, that they are indeed coming from your throne room, and we praise you for that. Thank you for helping us to realize that without that power, we can't be trusted. Without that power and that faith, there are many people out there who believe in you, Jesus. They do believe in you, but they don't really believe in the power. And when they don't really believe in the power, they're not, and we know that that will probably and sadly result in an outcome for them that could sustain their the time that they have to spend on the earth. And that, of course, would make any of us sad knowing what's coming. But at the same time, Father, we praise you for helping us to understand your power, for helping us to understand that you are a God of miracles, for helping us to understand that when the food runs out in the stores, when there are roving bands of marauders, murderers, rapists going through the streets, when the power grid does eventually go out, that, that you will be taking care of us, that, 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 the, that the entities of evil, the roving bands of marauders and, and, and murderers that are, might walk right into our own cul-de-sacs and neighborhoods will not stop at our homes because we are protected by our Heavenly Father. We are residing in the secret place of the Most High, and your promises and our trust in you protect us and will continue to protect us. As the days grow even darker, we recognize and thank you, Father, for the clear, not, 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 not the embellished version of as in the days of Noah, but the, the clear, explicit meaning of the text where it says they will be giving and taking in marriage. That, those words are, they tell a story. They tell a story, and when we look even at the people that are being placed by who I still to this day believe is the Antichrist, Obama, even if it turns out that you relent, Father, or something changes, and he becomes only one of many, who knows, we don't know, but I believe he is the, the Antichrist, the beast of Revelation, and he may not have Satan incarnated into him at this time. But there is very little doubt in many of our hearts that he is it. And if that be true, if that be true, and you do not relent, then the timeline that we are on right now, as painful as it may be for us to endure another seven to ten years, if that's required, which I don't think it is, we are very, very close. Very, very close. But we also praise you. Lord Jesus, we praise you for those words. They will be given and taken in marriage. We praise you for those words that one will be working in the field and the other one will be taken. We praise you for those words because without those words, we would not have the wisdom to be able to reason that these 
end times apocalyptic events will have to unfold in such a fashion that the vast majority of people in the world will be unhindered from their fleshy normal activities. That, that, that when that barley harvest, that first watch occurs, because there won't be anyone working in the field during the day of the Lord. There won't be uh, uh, people giving and taking in marriage during the day of the Lord, during Isaiah 13, during Joel 2, during the sixth seal, after the comet or meteor or asteroid or whatever hits off the coast of Puerto Rico, and the mega tsunami and global earthquake of Isaiah 24 occurs, there won't be any of that. No one will be given and taken in marriage. So we praise you, Lord Jesus, for the revelation of understanding that just by virtue of those words alone, that a barley harvest rescue is clearly in our future, providing that we seek you with all of our heart and our mind, all of our soul. Father, help us to fall in love with you. Help us to fall in love with you so deeply that nothing feels more peaceful, more joyous, more ecstasy-filled than knowing that we are walking in your obedience, knowing that your righteousness is being poured out upon us and that there is no sin or iniquity from our past that you will remember. We need that strength. We pray for that anointing. We praise you for the, for helping us to recognize the things that we do recognize as of now. We praise you for helping us to understand that it may drag on for a while. And we ask you from the bottom of our heart, please, Father, in Jesus' name, that we would all qualify, that you would place in front of each of us Opportunities to do good works, to be good servants, to be those who were commended by the taskmaster in the parable of the talents and rewards and not rebuked. Place in our path, we pray, whether it be via an email be the result of our prayers on evenings such as tonight, whether it be spiritual warfare prayers and the fruit that is uh, that remains on fifteen sixteen as a result of those spiritual warfare prayers and prayers for the lost across the world, whether it be opportunities for us to seed and give to those who do not have, remembering to give Jesus overtly give Jesus the credit and to tell the recipient of our gift that this is from Jesus because we are Jesus on this earth until he comes for us. And then, even then, we're even more so a part of him as we become like him, changed into light being glorified with glory light, eternal, and hopeful that of the many that are called, 
that we may be chosen. We're imperfect. We make mistakes. We'll never be perfect without your help. And we understand that love is the bond of perfection. So we ask in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus, Father, that you will fill us with love. Not earthly love. Supernatural love. Love that transcends all human understanding. Love that has no bounds. Love that is the essence of humility and desire to touch other people's lives through compassion that is so deep that has no boundaries. We praise you and thank you for that anointing. Fill us. Fill us with your love. First for you, Father. Jesus, make help us to make you and our Father the most intimate conversationalists, the most intimate spiritual touch in our lives, the, mo- the thing that we are the most hungry to be in the presence of at all times. At all times. Fill us. Overflow our cups. So much with your love. That we cannot help but help others and bring them with us. In Jesus' name we pray. And thank you, Father. Amen. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight is February the 18th of 2022, the 17th of Adar 1, 5782. The next holiday is Rosh Kodesh Adar 2, which is March the 3rd of 2022. Praise you, Jesus. And the time now is 7.34 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And tonight, together, we light the Sabbath candles or the Shabbat candles. And remember Romans 14. We don't have to do it at any particular time of the day. And the things that we do for you, Father, are done for you. And you love us for it. And we can pick the times. We're not held to the specificity of the law. And we glorify in that. And we praise, we we glorify in our freedom to be able to praise you as uh, knowing that the, the, the darker the days become, the more um, challenging that that may become as well. We just give you all the praise and glory and honor and thank you, Father God. I light three candles, one for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Spirit. Praise you, Jesus, the Hebrew Kadesh. Aruchat Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Bore Peri Hagafen Baruchat Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Asher Kitshanu B'mitzvotav Veratzavanu Vishabakot Shobeyavahu V'ratzon in Hilanu Zikaron Lemase Vereshit Duyom Techila Lemikrae Kodesh 
said, you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy, Jesus said. In Matthew 5.43. But I say to you, now, what this is, praise Jesus, thank you, Father. Now, this is an example of Jesus establishing the new covenant, the new eternal contract. This is an example of Jesus raising the bar which he had the authority to do as God on the earth, come in the flesh, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles and received up into glory. If you understand the legalities of contracts, covenants, and a covenant is an eternal contract, then you understand there are superseding clauses, there are superseding um, and binding clauses, which is why we, that which, is, which we bind on earth is bound in heaven, and that which is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Because we are a royal priesthood, and we operate, whether we perceive it or not, we operate essentially in the courts of heaven, spiritually. But spiritually is actually more real 
than what we are able to perceive where we are now. And oh boy, will we be amazed when we transcend the flesh and feel for the first time what it's like to be set free, immersed in endless and eternal love. Jesus went on to say, he said, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for them, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he, our Father, makes his Son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect. Just as your Father in Heaven is perfect. What does that mean? Well, Jesus said it right here. Love. This whole passage, Matthew 5, 43-47, is about love. Loving even those who persecute us, even those who want to kill us. Loving them because we aren't from here. Loving them because we see them from eternal eyes. We see them through the same compassionate eyes that Jesus sees all the people imprisoned on this earth right now, knowing knowing what the outcome could be if they're unable to overcome or perceive spiritually that Jesus is our, our, our God. He's everything. Essentially, the earth is a giant filter. Things that happened a long time ago. And it is our job to bring as many as we can along with us. But we do all these things because we can't help it. The most important thing to pray for, eternity, is that you are filled with supernatural, unexplainable, agape love that you do not understand, that transcends all perceptions associated with our existence. as we pass through this realm. 
pray that our Father will overflow your heart with his love so that every good work you do, every motivation, every prayer, every person that you touch, every one that you talk to, everything comes out of eternal, supernatural, compassionate, deep love. That our Father would perceive us as what He here has asked us to be, which is perfect. Love. Praise God. We thank you, Jesus. Oh. 
me always follow you and humble my heart. Lord, let me always follow you and humble my heart. Praise God. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly or ingest, it means ingest, to ingest or imbibe, okay, or assimilate, absorb, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Praise God. We believe, we embrace it. Because these are the signs that follow those who believe. How unfortunate that these signs don't follow the majority of our fellow brothers and sisters. Lord Jesus, we pray that you will cleanse and totally purify our heart, our soul, our spirit, our mind, our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven and our robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood and Father, your holy fire. We clear the air now. Principalities, powers, strongholds, spiritual host of wickedness, rulers of darkness in high places, between ourselves and the throne room of God, we rebuke you, and by the blood of the Lamb of God we decree, fire swords of cherubim to shoot down from the heavens and to cut you into screaming agony. We declare fire of God to burn you where you stand, in the name of Jesus, to disarm you in accordance with Colossians 2.15. We cancel all of your assignments against us, we tear up all your contracts against us, and we cast them into Gehenna, into the lake of fire in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Unclean spirits, the deaf and dumb spirits, anything in our households that would attempt to come against us, we bind and cast you out into the pit. We declare the fire of God to swirl through every room of our houses and to burn you in the horrific agony. We declare in Jesus' name and plead with the courts of heaven for the assignment of warrior angels to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut in Jesus' name and plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit. For only the Lamb of God can break the seals. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we decree the holy fire of God to, to descend upon us, to swirl around about our dwelling places and intermingled with a high-speed whirlwind, a powerful and mighty whirlwind of the Holy Spirit, blown white-hot in the name of Jesus Christ, that nothing can even approach it. We declare and decree and plead with the courts of heaven for the assignment of mighty warrior angels to stand guard at our dwelling places and to follow us wherever we go, wherever we drive our car, wherever our loved ones go, wherever our loved ones drive our cars. We pray in the name of Jesus for the assignment of a platoon of strike angels, Delta Force angels, in the name of Jesus, on a search and destroy mission to be sent out for to protect, to hunt down all indirect threat vectors and attacks of the devil that are coming at us from other directions that we are 
are un- unable to see. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that this platoon of search and destroy angels will ferret out all attempts to come against us. They will, they will uh, move throughout our workplaces. They will move amidst uh, family members, uh, people that are part of our blood family and people that are not. Father, people that are friends and people who are not. Through all aspects of our lives, we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that they will continuously hunt on our behalf for any attempts to come against us, for any attempts to upset our lives, for any attempts to prevent us or hinder us from being in a state of peace, for being in a state of uh, your presence and glory and total trust. We pray in the name of Jesus that they will stay on assignment, unhindered, and, 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 and capture any of the darkness, shut any portals, stomp any strongholds in the name of Jesus on our behalf, even outside of our ability to see. Father, we praise you for all of the things that you do for us that we are unable to see. We praise you, Father God, and thank you, Jesus, for all of the angels that have stopped horrible things from happening to us today that would have happened otherwise. We praise you, Father God, for the angels that have already been placed on assignment to protect our loved ones, that they might have more time to come around, to see you, to recognize the season we're in, to draw in closer. We believe with all of our hearts and we praise you, Lord Jesus, that all of our loved ones, all of the prayers that we have held up before you in the form of petitions, we praise you for the answers of those prayers. We praise you because we know that you will answer them in a glorious and, and kind, loving, and deeply compassionate way, and that your, that your timing is perfect and it's beyond our comprehension, and we have no need, not, not any need at all, to see anything in the flesh that indicates that our prayers were answered. For as you said, Lord Jesus, to the apostles, particularly to Thomas, blessed is he who believes and has not seen. We ask for that blessing. We accept that blessing and we receive it in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Father, we declare in Jesus' name and pray before your throne that, that any entity of the darkness, any worker of the evil one, any live or dead human spirit, any uh, member of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, that attempts to set their wills against us, that they will be immediately struck by the holy fire of God, that it shall shoot down from the glory pillar in the throne room and burn them into continuous and screaming agony in the name of Jesus, making a public spectacle of them thereof in Jesus' name in accordance with Colossians 2.15, and that the demons of darkness that are around them will flee as we know that they will. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. At the very moment that they lift their, raise their wills against us, at the very moment that they even consider coming against us, we pray that holy fire will fall upon them like sticky, white, hot magnesium napalm and burn them, that they would be made that public spectacle. In Jesus' name, they will flee in horrific fear. In Jesus' name. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that any of these entities that attempt to set their wills against us will be immediately placed under arrest by warrior angels, struck deaf, blind, and dumb, cast into the pit, and we declare the fire of God. This weld the pit shut, and we declare the fire of God in Jesus' name to permeate the pit and to burn them where they sit, screaming, to set an example of them 
for the other darkness, the other entities of the darkness that would attempt to ignore the power that you have given us through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Fire of God in the name of Jesus descends upon anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior that would attempt to come upon us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ that would attempt to hinder or hurt our loved ones in any manner whatsoever. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we hold up all of our fellow brothers and sisters across the world. We understand that the, that the unrighteous, Father, do not, in accordance with the word, they do not receive this protection. But your people, Father, regardless of where they are in their walk, those who believe, whether they are cold, hot, or lukewarm, Father, that they are afforded special protections as your children. Even if they are immature in their walk, no matter what, we lift up all of our fellow brothers and sisters and all of those, Father, that you intend to call For you see the beginning from the end, and we praise you for that. We know what your will is in this regard, that you would want not one to perish. Lord God, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus and declare in Jesus' name your holy fire to descend upon this earth to every one of our fellow brothers and sisters that took type of a vaccine And we declare that fire to burn away all evil and all impurities from that bioweapon that entered their bloodstream. We plead, Lord Jesus, your blood to enter into their blood and to purify them, to heal them, and to render it saline, that it shall have no negative effect on them. And we praise you, Father for that divine power and protection and and healing blood that you have given us, Lord Jesus. And dear Heavenly Father, we also pray, please, that you will forgive. That you will forgive all the people in the world. Many of them probably extorted because of things that they did that were awful, that were captured on film by the satanic global crime syndicate. Many of them tempted by riches and money, the root of all evil. Many of them afraid to lose their jobs because of the entities, the watchers, the filth that have been allowed to be, to lord it over mankind at this time especially. Father, we pray for those that are not tares. We pray for those that are part of the Edemic bloodline. We pray for those who, because of their circumstances, whatever they may have been, willingly or even unwillingly participated in the evil that has occurred in the last couple of years regarding these bioweapons. And Father, we just pray that you will forgive them. Pour out your forgiveness upon each of them. Forgive them for their greed, Forgive them for their fear. Forgive them for all of the attributes that make them human. Even though they may have instinctively known that what they were doing was the wrong thing, the way they were treating their patients was the wrong way to treat them. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you will forgive them. 
We also ask, Father, that you would send angels into their dreams and visions. We know that you would not want one to perish. We know those that are twice dead are twice dead and there is no saving their souls. And there are many of those amidst us. Which is why the parable of the weed and the tares is so awesome. Because it helps us to understand that there's no telling the difference between a piece of weed and a tear. But one can't be saved, no matter what. And it must meet with the fire. And will, because it's twice dead. But for those, Father God, who are still potentially weed, we pray for your forgiveness to fall upon them. For supernatural, for a supernatural touch. A miraculous meeting. The presence of your angels. Your hand of compassion, Lord Jesus. To touch them in dreams, in visions. And to bring them place. Where they not only embrace you as their Lord. But they, as we, hunger and thirst for the day of deliverance from a place in this universe that is as dark as it can possibly get. But at the same time, still, nevertheless, filled with your glory. Thank you, Father, for your mercy does endure forever. Praise your name. Yeah. 
to your complete ownership, Lord Jesus. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against us. We declare, Father, your abundant grace, your living water, and the crystal river to flow through us, washing away all impurities of body, soul, spirit, flesh, and heart. Lord Jesus, we plead your blood upon us to cleanse us and to heal us to cleanse all, all of us, that body, soul, spirit, flesh, and heart, and to even wash away all remembrances, to blot out all iniquity, remembrances of sin, 
to wash away any guilt. Father, we declare that any weapons, earthly or spiritual, shall be utterly vaporized at the moment that the darkness set their will against us. We rebuke the devil. We refuse to listen or hear or even acknowledge him. We know he's there, but we intend to make his life miserable. We cancel all demonic assignments placed against us and our loved ones in Jesus' name. We break all yokes of bondage, all curses placed against us and our loved ones in the name of Jesus. And we decree that holy fire, intermingled with a thorny hedge of protection, to swirl around about us and our loved ones on all sides. With a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot, punching through the spiritual realm into the throne room of God. We declare the fire of God to wrap itself like a fire tornado around our prayers as they permeate through the spiritual realm, scattering the darkness in all directions, melting the firmament of the rock and entering into the throne room of God. Father, we abandon ourselves into your hands. Do with us what you will. Whatever you may do, we praise your holy name. We are ready for all. We, are, we accept everything, Father, in Jesus' name. We trust you. We trust you. We proclaim it with the power. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Praise your name. We praise your name. We thank you, Jesus. Let only your will be done in us and all of us. We wish no more than this. Father, into your hands we commit our souls. Into your hands we commit our spirits. We offer it to you with all the love of our heart. For we love you, Father, and we need to give of ourselves to surrender of our ourselves into your hands without reserve and boundless confidence for you are our dear father our abba father praise your name thank you jesus
On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. You know, I wonder, when we are to be partakers of Christ's sufferings, the Greek word being metakoi, we are also qualified at that point to rule and reign with Jesus. Not everybody will. Not everybody that makes it to heaven will are truly partakers of Christ's sufferings and their behaviors. But some will still make it nevertheless. The I wonder to myself, because I really don't know, but I think maybe so, that when we are attacked by the darkness, providing that we didn't invite the darkness into our lives by our bad choices and awful behaviors, when we, because of our obedience to the Lord, when we, because of our spiritual warfare fierceness in, in bringing the battle to the demons of darkness, becoming essentially a type of public enemy number one to Satan and his minions. And then, as a result of that, we are attacked, which could be, it could ultimately result in a number of bad things happening to us, which would be suffering as a result of our obedience to Christ. So I would assume and estimate that that also would be partaking of Christ's sufferings. Praise God. And if anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet, as they ought to know. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 2. Don't forget, Psalm 78, 41. Could be one of the most important verses in the entire Bible for us, especially in the days to come. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Limited God. How how so? Because instead of praising him for that which they have not yet received, out of faith, they complained. Criticized, condemned, and complained. We must never allow ourselves to do that. And one of the hardest things to not allow ourselves to do, at least I find it exceedingly difficult, is to go into a state whereby we feel sorry for ourselves. Because at that point, you close in on yourself. You may not see it as being... You may see it as being between you and you. You know, you feel justified in your heart because of your life dynamics that you got the short end of the stick and you're feeling pretty crummy about it. And you close in on yourself and you feel in your heart that it's between you and you. It's just you feeling bad about your situation. Nothing, nothing against God, nothing against Jesus. You still love the Lord. You still praise his name. You still pray, but you're feeling, you, you just feel sorry for yourself. And that's a very dangerous place to be. Because it allows you to become 
awfully vulnerable to the roaring, filthy entity of the darkness that seeks to devour us. And we were paid for. We don't really belong to ourselves. We were all paid for with a price. We belong to the Lord. So, Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus to fill us overflowing with that supernatural joy of your salvation, to help us to keep our mind stayed on things above and not on things of this world. Whatever it is that we need to do, Father, to constantly remind ourselves to praise you, to constantly remember that we don't belong to ourselves, to constantly remember that we have a duty. Help us, Father, we pray. Teach us to adjust our choices, our behaviors, what we allow in our lives, the thoughts that enter our mind. Renew our mind. Anoint us. Lift us up, Father, we pray. Raise your countenance upon us and give us grace peace, love, joy, overflowing and abundant, even in those times of weakness when we feel like we got that short end of the stick, forgetting all of the blessings that you have given us. We praise your holy name and we thank you, Father. We thank you for helping us to always be grateful especially for those things that you have done for us that we do not yet even understand and the things that you will do for us in the days to come. We praise your name and thank you, Father. We praise you from the earth, Father God, along with all the great sea creatures and all the depths, fire, hail, snow, cloud, stormy winds, fulfilling your word, mountains and all hills, fruits, trees, cedars, beasts and cattle, creeping things, flying fowl, kings of the earth and peoples, princes, judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. We praise you, Lord. We thank your name. In accordance with Psalm 148, 7 through 14. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for the days that we have now and those that we have ahead of us. To you be the glory. Amen. Luke 18, verses 1 through 8, the parable of the persistent widow. Then he, Jesus, spoke a parable to them that men, men and women, must always, they always ought to pray, always ought to pray, and not lose heart. Saying, quote, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterwards, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she will weary me. 
And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? Who cry out day and night? Who cry out day and night? Do you cry out day and night? Though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Now, the big takeaway from this is that we keep on praying, just like it says in the Kenneth Woist Enhanced, or I'm sorry, it's the uh, Expanded New Testament, I believe, from Kenneth Woist, W-U-E-S-T, a must-have in your collection of Bible uh, translations. Kenneth Woist, now he's passed on now, but he was involved in uh, the translation committees of multiple translations of the Bible because the man dreamt in Greek. He was an expert in Greek. And the um, Greek is what the New Testament um, original texts were ultimately translated from it for virtually all the translations of the New Testament. So you're talking, you know, when you when you look, he, what he he knew, of course, because he was Greek, spoke. Greek as his native language dreamt in Greece in Greek. He knew that when he looked at the original Greek, that the translations were inaccurate. He knew that they just they weren't translating them right. In the Greek language, there's five different words for the word love. Five words for the word love. So Kenneth Moist created a book. He translated the Greek of the New Testament, and he created the uh, Kenneth Woist, um, and I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I, I, it's between, I have it right here, so I'll just go ahead and pull it up. Hold on a second. The Woist, okay, so it's called the Woist Expanded New Testament, W-U-E-S-T. Now, it reads choppily, Okay. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll show you. So I'll give you an example. Cool about it. Praise God. Um, so let me see. Uh, keep on asking. Switch on those words. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, um, let's see here. Whole Bible. I know how to do this. Keep plus... There we go. All right, praise God. Yep, it got it. All right, hold on. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pull up one more scripture here. Yeah, okay, here we go. Matthew 7 7. That's it. Okay, so I'm going to go to Matthew 7 7 show you this. You'll probably want to get a copy of it. Matthew 7, 7. Isn't that nice? Two sevens? I'm getting better than that, right? Praise God. Well, three sevens would be the best. But anyway, so the New King James reads, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, 
and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there amongst you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil in the flesh, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? It's awesome, right? Let's see what it really says. By the way, that was the New King James. I could have read the King James, but I don't need to be distracted by these and vows. And besides, um, one of the attributes of the King James that makes it not an especially good translation is it was one of the mandates that that King James gave the translators uh, was to make it poetic. Because at the time, Bibles only were in the possession of the exceedingly wealthy. So only the, if you will, the church had a copy of it. it every translation was, you know, probably the equivalent of like $10,000 today for one, for one Bible. So when they were asked to write the King James, they were asked to make it, you know, if they had a choice of words to pick from during the translation process, that they should make it poetic, that they should lean toward the poetic. Now, the reason that was important at the time was because the vast majority of the world who heard the Bible, they didn't read it. They couldn't get their hands on it. They would hear it because somebody, you know, some friar or whatever from who knows where, uh, would be standing on a street corner uh, on a dirt road in the middle of who knows where, and he would be, you know, he would like, you know, read from it out loud and people would gather around. You know, ask, says the King James, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone who asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. But there are examples of uh, translational issues because of that leaning toward the poetic where it's completely wrong. It's just not correct. But you have to have multiple translations, and you have to be able to study the Greek and use – if you have a very high level of computing power with multiple translations, Greek, interlinear Bibles, uh, Englishman's Concordance, and it's all electronic, and you can go in and do comparisons at the, at the uh, root – root word level using multiple lexicons and uh, commentaries, believe you me, you will see the problems. There's a lot of people that won't. They don't. I, I don't know why. They're bigoted against, you know, they, they've been taught from being, uh, maybe from a small children when they were small that the King James was the only one to ever use. That it's like more accurate. But I've been researching this for a very long time. Now, I prefer the New King James because it's as close to the King James as possible. However, it takes out the, the poeticness and stays more true to the actual meaning of the individual words. But it's still imperfect. But it's, as, it's the one I used to memorize from. 
and as, and I as my and I also use it as my primary Bible. But when I really want, especially if I don't understand something very well, I will oftentimes reach for the white, the Woist, W-U-E-S-T, Expanded New Testament. Let's take a look at what it says. By the way, because Kenneth was able, Kenneth Woist was, uh, you know, dreamt in Greek. Greek was every, you know, he was Greek. He discovered that the paragraph structures of the Bible were wrong. Okay, and you may say, well, why is that important? Well, here's why. Because a paragraph, liter- from, from a literary um, rigor standpoint, a paragraph focuses on a single subject. So if you're trying to make a point on paper, that subject is all captured within that paragraph. When you shift over to a new subject or a related subject that's outside of the realm of that specific focus topic, you need to create a new paragraph. The paragraphs that are in the New King James and the King James and the Amplified, etc., are wrong. So the only way to be able to understand when you're reading, the text needs to be clumped together to make the point that is being made, is to correct the paragraphing of the text. That way you know that Matthew 7, verse, I'm sorry, Matthew 7, verse 7 through 12 are all to be lumped together. You know that Matthew 7, 13 and 14 are a separate paragraph talking about one particular sub, you know, specific topic, focus point. You know that Matthew seven fifteen through 20 go together as a single focus point. And Kenneth recognized, because he knew Greek, he was Greek, it wasn't right. And he corrected that. Which means that when you are studying, you will get all the pieces that all the, all the verses and all the statements that are being used to make that point, to complete that thought, are clumped together properly and not divided at the wrong places in the text. And that can be very important. It really is quite important. Um, But in some cases, it's not as important for those of us who are heavy readers of the Bible and are able to discern spiritually the meaning of what is being said. Praise God. But I'll share with you what it actually says in the Greek. Now, understand this. It sounds choppy. Why does it sound choppy? Because Greek does not translate to English. So right here in my PC Study Bible, I have a New King James, King James Amplified, New Living Translation, 
Voice Expanded New Testament, the Living Bible, the Message Bible, the New International Translation, the New American Standard Bible, the American Standard Version, Bible in Basic English, Complete Jewish Bible, Contemporary English Version, Darby Bible, Dewey Rhymes Bible, Easy to Read Version, English Standard Bible, God's Word Translation, Good News Translation, Holman Christian Standard Bible, New American Standard Bible, New Century Version, New English Translation Bible, New International Reader's Version, New Revised Standard Version, New Testament in Modern Speech, Noah's Webster's Bible from 1833, Revised Standard Version, Today's English Version, Today's New International Version, World English Bible, Young's Literal Translation. And in the inter- and, and in the additional Bible section, I had the Greek New Testament, the Greek New Testament according to the Byzantine text form, the Latin Vulgate, which is I love the fact that they use the term Vulgate because it comes from the root word vulgar, and it's from the Roman Catholic Church, and it's not part of the Texas Receptus. However, I have the Texas Receptus Shrivener version from 1894, um, the Texas Receptus Stephanus 1550 edition, the the Tischendorf's Greek New Testament, the Westcott uh, Westcott and Hort Greek New Testament, and the Greek New Testament NA27 transliterated, and more. Um, The reason I mentioned that is because that I'm emphasizing how important it is that you have a voice if you really want to try to understand things that you otherwise simply will not grasp properly by reading any of the other translations I just mentioned. Now, that being said, it's choppy. And the reason why it's choppy is because Greek doesn't translate into English. Praise God. So... What Kenneth had to do was a type of an art. It's called transliteration, not translation. It's called transliteration. So essentially, in a transliterated text from Greek to English, it's almost as if Kenneth is sitting beside you. Jesus is talking in Greek which he was actually talking in Aramaic. But let's, be, let's just assume that he was talking in Greek, and Kenneth is sitting beside you, and he's telling you in your ear what Jesus is saying. And he has to transliterate it to the, as close as possible to what the intended meaning was. Because that's the only way that you can look. Greek doesn't translate into English. Hebrew does not translate into English. Now, all that being said, here's what it says. Remember, the New King James says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. He who knocks it will be opened. Let's see what it really says. Kenneth Voiced Expanded New Testament, Matthew 7, 7 through 12, which is the proper paragraphing of that particular text, that thought. It says, keep on asking for something to be given, and it shall be given to you. Notice that it says, keep on asking. It doesn't say ask. The New King James, again, says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find it. That is incorrect. That is wrong. 
very, very wrong. That's not what it says. What it says is, keep on asking for something, and it will be given, and it shall be given to you. Keep on seeking, and you shall find. Keep on reverently knocking, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking for something to be given, keeps on receiving. And he who keeps on seeking, keeps on finding. And to him who keeps on reverently knocking, it shall be opened. Or, who is there of you, a man, who should his son ask for a loaf of bread, he would not give him a stone, or will he? Or, should he also ask for a fish? He will not give it, will he, um, um, he will not give him a snake, snake, will he? Therefore, as for you, in view of the fact that though being those who are evil, actively opposed to that which is good, you know how to be constantly giving good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him for them? Therefore, all things, whatever you may be desiring men to be doing to you, in the same manner also, as for you, you be doing to them. For this is the law of the prophets. Now, suddenly, because we know what the Greek actually does say, might be a little bit choppy in the reading, but it aligns beautifully with what? The parable of the persistent widow. Luke 18, 1 through 8. That men ought to pray always and not lose heart. We keep on asking the Lord. We never stop. We don't lose heart. We don't lose heart. Praise God. And again... This witticism goes right along with it. Praise Jesus. And I love, I love them because I like so much to map them back to the Bible. And here is this witticism that I've read before. Let me see if I can find it. I know I can. It just takes a second or two. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All righty. Yeah, the more um, the more witticisms and the more notes that I take, the harder it is to find them when I want to because I got so many. Praise God! All right, so scrolling, almost there. Praise you, Jesus! Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Wisdom. There we go. Remember this, Henry. I'm sorry, Harry Beecher Stroke. I don't know who this guy is. I haven't even looked up any information, but what he said is brilliant and goes right along with the proper translation of Matthew 7, 7. Never give up because that is just the place and the time that the tide will turn. And I would admonish you, brothers and sisters, always praise and thank Jesus Praise him always.
for those things that you have not received. And never get upset about it taking too long. Never criticize, condemn, complain, whine, cry, be unhappy. Because at that point, you forfeit the answer to your prayer. And you've got to start all over again. Remember how long that angel took to bring the answer to Daniel. 21 days he fasted. Was it because Daniel was in sin? No. And even though he wasn't living in sin, because he knew he was in the flesh, in Daniel 9, verse 25, you see him confessing of his sins. Nevertheless, 21 days. Imagine that. For someone who was beloved of God as Daniel himself. If Daniel would have said, oh, the heck with it. I, you know, I'm, I, I'm just so discouraged because my daughter hasn't accepted Jesus and I've been praying for it for three years now. And Lord, why? And at that point, you limit God, you reset the clock, you start over. Because the accuser of the brethren is up in the courts pointing down at you and saying, she doesn't even believe. She has no faith. How can you answer that prayer? And then that allows the darkness to enter in the demons, the, the principalities and the powers, like the Prince of Persia, to attack and stop your angel from bringing the answer to your prayer. You set the clock back. You reset it. Never give up. Because that is just the place and time that the tide will turn. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. And ye shall find. Praise God. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Amen. And at this time, let's go ahead and enter into communion. were seated about you at the eve of unleavened bread. You said I'd eagerly yearn for this supper, and that you'd suffer so his children could be fed. I can only imagine the silence in the room as you passed on the bread to be torn. The lady not understand reach of his plan in his love we were told to rejoice not to mourn so we gather from memory the glory of the lamb the one who was slain for the seed of abraham as we long for your coming we imagine the feast the king and his bride when our waiting has ceased He arose and went back up to heaven To speak to the heavenly host 
You lifted the cup of forgiveness. It was paid, it was done. You had power to close, and I can only imagine the thunderous sound as though heaven exploded in tears. We were free from our chains. Now all that remains is to never give in. We are destined to win. So we gather the memories of our soul. Destroyer of death, the Lord of our own. The light in our arms, the edge of our sword. The King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. For we believe in a land all of creation restored by his hand eternity all is revealed by the time we remember all scars will be healed As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the Lord and his bride. When our waiting has ceased, But you 
are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue or anything praiseworthy, meditate upon these things. He, Jesus, went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26 39. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world, and received up in the glory. 1 Timothy 3.16. We pray for purification, based upon Psalm 51, 1 through 14. Father, we pray, please, in the name of Jesus, that you will continue to pour out your grace upon us, to pour out your mercy upon us, to teach us, to lead us, to remember that we are dust, to guide us, that we may be chosen, not just called, but chosen. We desire you we desire to have peace. We desire to be full of love. We desire to fall totally in love with you and totally in love with our Lord, our King. We praise you for your mercy. We praise you for blotting out our transgressions. We thank you for the multitude of your tender mercies and loving kindness. Wash us, Father, from our iniquity. Cleanse us from our sin. We confess of our transgressions, Father. We confess of our sins before you. They're always before us. Against you and you only, we've sinned and done this evil in your sight. 
that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. O oh, Father God, we were brought forth in iniquity, just like David, and sin our mothers conceived us. Behold, Father, we know that you desire truth, truth from deep inside of our hearts. And in the hidden part, those parts of our spirit that we're not even aware of. You will make us to know your wisdom. Purge us, Father, with this up, and we shall be clean. Wash us, and we shall be whiter than snow. Father, we pray that we will hear joy and gladness, that we will be full of joy that could only come supernaturally from you and your anointing in the midst of the darkness. Father, hide your face from our sins and blot out all of our iniquity. Wash it away in the blood of Jesus that our robe and gown in heaven may be pure and white. And that our book of remembrance may not remember them ever. Create in us, Father God, a clean heart, completely washed, new and full of your love. Renew a steadfast, dedicated, persevering spirit within us. Do not turn your presence away from us, Father. Pull us up when we fall. Let us not grieve the Holy Spirit. Restore to us, Father, the joy. Help us to keep our minds stayed on things above and not on this world. Uphold us with your generous spirit, Father, so that we can lead others by virtue of our joy in the midst of the darkness to you that even more voices in heaven will sing your praise. And Father, please deliver us from the guilt of our past. Help us to understand that you will not remember our sins. And then, Lord God, with the freedom and joy that will enter our heart, we will sing your praises forever. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In that same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup, is the new covenant in my blood. 
this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, Lododi, Badodi Li. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. Always be with me, and I know 
God. New confirmation came in about the way that we pray for the lost. Thank you, Jesus. Not that I needed another one, but I always love them. Hold on just a second. As I was reading this earlier, I started to cry, and so I had to fix things. Anyway, praise God. So this is from Christian News, and it's from December 30th of 2021. So it's relatively recent and the title or I'm sorry the headline is newly newly Christian families driven from homes in Uganda from Nairobi Kenya the Morning Star News a Christian woman and her children last week fled the violence of her Muslim husband in eastern Uganda 
And earlier, in a nearby district, villagers destroyed a newly believing family's crops and drove them from their homes, sources said. Aisha Nembea, age 27, and her five children, ages 9 to 2, fled their homes in Busalamu village, Bunkanga, in Luka district. After her husband found her with a Bible and beat her on December the 20th, she said. Nembea said she had put her faith in Christ days before. In a dream on midnight of December the 17th, she saw a man in a white in white clothes who introduced himself to her as Isa, Jesus. Nembea told Morningstar News, he showed me two paths, one leading to good life and another leading to destruction. The Christ figure did not let her ask questions, she said. Quote, when I woke up, I was very fearful and trembling, and early in the morning, I was so restless that I went to see a Christian neighbor and shared the dream with her. Nembea said she advised me to seek a pastor in Nganga district. Her husband, Yazid Majera, was away on business, giving Nembea the opportunity to visit the pastor, whose name is withheld for security reasons. She told him and a few church elders about her dream. And the pastor told her it was Jesus Christ inviting her to salvation. Praise God. We are the sons of God. We are the masters of the devil and his pathetic demons. And we are the servants and foot washers of mankind. Ezekiel 22.30 So I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. So again, here we see where we stand in the gap between, spiritually, between the earth and the courts of heaven, and as a royal priesthood, we can pray on behalf of the land, or the continent, or the nation states, or whatever. Praise God. Isaiah 6, 8, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? Father, here we are. Send us. Isaiah forty three twenty five. one of my favorite verses of all. I, our Father speaking, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions. For my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance and let us work together. Contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. Why would you state your case? Because you're in the courts of heaven. John fourteen twelve to 14 Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you that he who believes in me the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because, they go, because I go unto my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, keep on seeking, keep on asking, keep on reverently knocking, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Remember that in the book of James, James says, 
You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss to spend it on your own lusts. Verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Ephesians 3.20, now to him, Jesus, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, So Jesus is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, but he does it in accordance with the power that works in us. That's why our Father blots out our transgressions for his own sake. It is our prayers brings down the power of God. Of course, Colossians 2.15, Jesus, having disarmed principalities and powers, he disarmed them, and he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, the cross. Well, it is no longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us, right? So this directly, this is our verse. We now disarm the principalities and powers. We now make a public spectacle of them thereof. Where do they? Why are they being? Why is it a public spectacle? Because in the spiritual realm where they're taking a beating because of our warfare prayers, they are being humiliated and smit, smite. I mean, they're and all the demons are scattering. That public spectacle that they are being made of is a, is an act of humiliation because they are getting beaten down by the fire of God. Intensified prevailing prayer is God's ordained law and method for implementing his redemptive plan in this age until Jesus returns. It is the highest, the holiest, and the mightiest effort of which a child of God is capable. It is God's chosen way to bring heaven's power, heaven's resources, and heaven's angels into action upon the earth. Charles Spurgeon said, he who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his disposal. If we keep on seeking, keep on asking. Intensified prayer is clothed with the might of God himself. Wesley L. Duell from the book, Mighty Prevailing Prayer. James 5.16b, the effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Fervent meaning having or displaying a passionate intensity. Remember? King Hezekiah in 2 Kings 25, God said to him after he was already, the Lord had already proclaimed judgment upon Hezekiah. And, and, and Hezekiah was like, you know, repentant. And he said, I, and he went to the father and essentially asked for a second chance. And, 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 our, and God said to him, I have seen your tears and I will answer you. Our emotion, our passion, our intensity is what pushes through. I can tell you this. The fallen angelic beings, when they abduct humans, like the Bacchiai that are referred to in Ezekiel by a mistranslated choice of words, but they were known as the Bacchiai. 
they would steal the souls of people. That's uh, long and creepy, and I'll leave out all that stuff. But they would, you know, they would be able to steal the souls of people, and they would put them on bands uh, that they would wear. These demonic bands that they would wear on their arms. They're known as bakiai. Very evil. They would run through the uh, through the fields in some sort of a frenzy and kill everything in their path and do other horrible things. The point is this. I've probably researched the fallen angelic beings, the alien entities, and such like that more than any other Christian on the face of the earth. There are people who have written books that I can pick up right now, and I I don't mean this to sound puffed up because it's not intended to be puffed up. Believe me, it's not. It hasn't won me any awards, a pat on the back or nothing. But it has blessed me with a, a with a really remarkable understanding of things of God. Because one of the things that I took note of over 10 years ago was that while these entities have the ability to essentially remove the soul, they call it soul scalping, they can take a human and they can remove their soul, and they can transfer that soul into a hybrid being that they've created. But they cannot touch the spirit. Our emotions are part of that God-breathed spirit. You know, when, when, you, when you see people talking about having bumped up against an evil entity of some type, and they call it, they say, it was a soulless being. That's because it had no emotion. Twice dead. No compassion. They're motionless. They hunger and thirst for our emotions. They want them more than anything. To them, it is the God particle. They know that in Genesis 2-7, that the Spirit of God was breathed into the nostrils of Adam, and that that happens to each one of us at conception. This isn't about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is about being part of the Adamic bloodline, which makes you essentially eligible to be saved. Otherwise, you just forget about it. You're twice dead. Now, I bring that up because that is how vitally important it is to understand why it says in 2 Kings 20, verse 5, where our father told Hezekiah it was essentially because of your tears and I'm answering you at all. And I've had people, when I've shared some of these things with even one which is a relative of mine, go, well, I can't fake cry. Well, that means there's an absence of that necessary passion, compassion, love, all the things that were admonished to have and would normally be put in us as a result of Christ in us, which needs to be used as part of our weaponry 
to save other people's souls. Because we use impassioned prayer, intense prayer, vehement prayer, fervent and heartfelt prayer. We cast out demons, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, ingest anything deadly, it will be, by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Maybe not immediately. Do it anyway. Mark 16, 17 to 18. For the weapons of our warfare are not earthly in nature at all. It's not pepper spray, it's not guns, it's not knives, it's none of that stuff, not baseball bats. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Our weapons are spiritual. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may, may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I don't know about you. But when I read that, it sounds like they're going to knock you down. And having done all, you need to stand. This is real war. Praise Jesus. Anybody who translates this in any other way has never seen a wrestling match. Because a wrestling match isn't somebody hiding in a corner at the end of a mat going, Lord Jesus, please help me. When they wrestle, they wrestle, and they mean business. All right? And it's a two-way fight or match, if you want to call it that. Luke 12, verse, I'm sorry, Luke 10, verse 19, Jesus said to the 70 sinners, which he randomly picked out of the multitudes, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You know, I find it fascinating. You see this concept of serpents and scorpions all the time. And I wonder to myself, with all the translational issues, what are they really talking about? Well, I can tell you. Talking about reptilian beings, shapeshifters. They're all around us. Tares. They look like weed, but they're not. I can name a few. Biden. <laughs> Fauci. The list goes on and on. All right. Praise God. Um, almost all of these entities that are doing this unspeakable evil upon mankind right now, to you know, they've, they've already done the whole skull and bones thing. They've already... I'm not going to repeat what they do, but it's pretty horrible. And they beg these entities. They're very, very powerful fallen angelic beings, reptilian entities, Dracos. It's very creepy stuff. But they, they, they actually want to be perfectly possessed. And once they get into that state... In order to keep their shape, just like it says in the scriptures in uh, 
uh, you know, in, in the apocryphal texts, they have, you know, to do some pretty or unacceptable things in order to maintain that power and that shape. They, they've sold their soul. They're gone. They're toast. They're not. You can't pray them out of that state. They're done. They're perfectly possessed. They are twice dead. They're tares. And they look just like us. But they're not. And they're all over. The movie They Live is highly prophetic. Very old. Extremely crummy uh, technical effects. <laughs> but, but the point that it makes is utterly prophetic. Matthew twelve twenty eight. Jesus said, oh, no, no, no. Mark 9.25, when Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Matthew 12.28-30, but if I cast out, Jesus said, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his good unless, goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he plunders his house? What Jesus is simply saying is that there, when demons are in a location, it, it could be a building, it could be a land, it could be a group of people, it could be, you know, pretty much anything. And they they run in packs. That's why and it's it's all over the scriptures if you pay attention to it. You got to get rid of the strong man. There's always going to be a demon that's in charge. You call forth the strong man demon. Come out in the name of Jesus. I bind and cast you out. And subordinate spirits out in the name of Jesus. Out, out, come out. You, you, you don't ask. Matthew twelve forty three to forty five. You do like Jesus did. Diff and dumb spirit. I command you. Come out of him and enter him no more. Get out. Listen about praying that the demons will go away. You will never, ever get that prayer answered. Because you're being essentially disobedient to the Word of God. Maybe unwittingly, but you are. Matthew twelve forty three to 45. Jesus said, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. And then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. Well, the house is obviously the man, in this case, or the woman or whatnot. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. It's because they were cast out. But then he goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man was worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation, because they fail and go and sin no more. Jesus said to that man that was healed, he said, Now go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. Oops, I slipped up. Used the King James Version. Praise God. Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus said, answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, now, remember, this is what you would call kind of like a metaphor that's sort of like a combination of a metaphor and an analogy, but the point that he's making here is Jesus said, is helping us to understand when we use the power 
of the name of Jesus, with the power of the Godhead that is inside of us as a royal priesthood, we direct that power from us to whatever it is that we, were, we are praying for or against. Now, that's not necessarily the case in all prayers and all petitions that we lift up before God, okay? But, but in this particular case, Jesus is making it, making, he's saying, you have the power. You talk to the mountain. You command it out. You command it into the sea. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, which could be anything, that mountain could be representative of a demon inside of one of your family members. It could be, it could be a sickness. Spirit of infirmity, come out. I command your body to be healed. Be thou made whole in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we, we, we don't pray correctly. He goes on to say, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever, you, whatever things that you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. As long as you're not asking amiss. And as long as you have patience, because you may be long gone before the answer to that prayer comes down. You may be at the marriage supper. Oh, but I wanted to see my daughter. No, look, at the end of the day, whoever you're praying for, just praise Jesus and thank him for answering your prayer. Don't get a bee in your bonnet about, well, I don't want them to have to go through any hard times. Just let God handle it. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. We have to behave like who we actually are. We wrongfully perceive ourselves as this man or this woman or this wife or this father or the, you know that has a son and a daughter and an aunt and a grant. No. Wrong. That is a flesh perception of your existence, which is absolutely, ultimately inaccurate when you are operating as who you are as a royal priest. You should be, as the elect of God, you should know who you are and behave as who you are. It doesn't mean that you don't love your family. That's fine. It doesn't mean that you don't take care of your family. That is fine. That's wonderful. It's great. It's great stewardship. It's exactly what God would want. That's not the point. The point is, know who you are, because you exist as a royal priesthood now in the kingdom of God, the spirit. You are a minor God. Jesus said in John 10, 34, have I not said that ye are gods? I don't know why it's so hard to understand. But it is for most people. It really is. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel led, even though it's a little bit out of order from the prayers that I was praying over the last week. It's okay. I just feel led to pray once again, and I don't know why, but I just feel led for the people in Asia. 
praise Jesus. Amen. And shall we? Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise your holy name and we thank you. We thank you for the revelations. We thank you for helping us to understand who we are currently, who we actually are. We may be stuck in these bodies that are decaying, but we praise you for helping us to understand who we actually are, who you really are, part of the Godhead. We thank you for your power. We thank you, Jesus, for giving us that power in your name. We thank you for living in us. We thank you for being uh, for, for for all of the opportunities that you have laid down before us and all of the suffering that you went through on our behalf. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you will purify us as we have prayed earlier and that that purity will just flow through us, through our spirit, through our body, through our soul, through our flesh, through all that you have made us. Dear Heavenly Father, we symbolically hold up before thee a golden bowl of forgiveness. And we pray as a royal priesthood. Father, we pray that you will forgive the peoples of the lands of Asia. Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Pakistan, India with over a billion people, China with almost two billion. Well, the whole Asian continent has about two plus billion total. Mongolia, Nepal, Burma, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, Thailand, Russia, the Ukraine, Belarus. Father, we pray also for the peoples of the lands of Okinawa, Japan, North Korea, South Korea, the Philippines, and all lands in between. We symbolically, Father, hold up a beautiful golden bowl before you as your royal priesthood. And we ask you, Father, pour out this bowl of forgiveness upon all of the peoples of Asia. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We pray, Father, please forgive them in Jesus' name. For as your servant Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, on behalf of all of Israel, we confess of their sins, Father, before thee. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their fathers' fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses on their behalf through every branch of their family trees until before there was time. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. But for time. Forgive them, Father. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. We have now loosed the legal right that all entities of the darkness have upon them. We have loosed their legal right to remain in them. And now we're going to take out the principalities and powers principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual host of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places above the lands of Asia and all lands in between. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, we decree fire swords of cherubim to be launched down from the heavens and to cut you into screaming agony. We declare fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to fly upon you and to stick to you like white hot magnesium napalm and to burn you into horrific screams of agony in the name of Jesus, making a public spectacle 
circle of you thereof in the demonic realm. Hallelujah. We decree and declare and plead with the courts of heaven for the dispatch of hundreds of trillions of legions and innumerable company of angels fully clad in the armor of God, diamond tip sword, sharp as razor blades and archangels to follow in the Jesus name to come upon you and to cut you into pieces to wage war against you such as never been seen since before there was time in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, binding or hindering the hearts and the minds of the lost peoples across all of the lands of Asia, from Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Pakistan, all the way over to the Philippines, all the way north into the, the Siberia in the name of Jesus, all the way south to the, 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 the southern tip of Laos and, 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 and Vietnam, in the name of Jesus Christ, we command you demons of darkness to release them now, strong men, come forth. In the name of Jesus, you have loosed, we have loosed your legal rights to them, and we command you to release them. Out. Come out. Subordinate spirits, we command you to come out. We declare in Jesus' name the dispatch of hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels to descend upon thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We declare the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn you into screaming agony. And we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit. For only the Lamb of God can break the seals. Father, we declare in Jesus' name the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot and to encapsulate every single man, woman, and child of every nation, tribe, and tongue across all of the lands of Asia. Let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house. We plead, Father God, in Jesus' name for your crystal, the crystal river, the living water, and your manifold grace to flow deep into their hearts to fertilize the soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain. In accordance with John 15:16, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, hallelujah. We wave the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, over all of the lands of Asia. All of the lands of Asia, and we part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea for safe passage as the Red Sea for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power unhindered to flow down and to move across those lands freely in accordance with these prayers in Jesus' name. Father, let us contend together. Praise your name. And Father, we pray most importantly in the mighty name of Jesus and by your compassion and love. For an innumerable company of angels of light, love, and the ever omnipresent and omnipotent presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, to, to come upon every one of the peoples of these lands, from the north to the south and to the east and to the west, to come upon them in dreams and visions of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, to save their souls from the pit, and to seal their instruction. Job 33, 14, 15. Praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Lord Jesus, we pray that you will lift your hand out to all of them in dreams and visions, just as in the testimony of the young woman from Uganda, from the article in, written in Nairobi, Kenya, that you will come upon each one of them in dreams and visions, that you will lift your hand out to them, that you will speak to them in their native tongue, that they will not only see you, 
but experience you and your mercy and love. Call them home that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. See you next Friday, Lord willing. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our minds. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life we are cleansed through your holy sacrifice As we lift your name on high Renew our mind, renew our soul Remove the scars from our past And deem us righteous We rebuke all deceptive lies When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride. To set her free Watch us as we trim our wicks Our lamps are full Our hearts are right Like those five wise virgins we will be Your bride awaits faith patiently Longing for that blessed sound that will rise. The churches gather, we're praying that we're worthy, Lord, to join our family. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure, and while we wait, we will bring forth the fruit of the light of Christ. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? 
till then we will end you until you come back for your bride to set it free.